the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. coalition, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And uh, if, if we, is, is ever a time where... The private citizens need to stand up. It's now as our country run the ver- run the precipice of losing our freedom, prosperity, and, and republic. Um, very pleased to welcome back to the show Mark Ang, all around activist. I think he does financial work in his uh, limited spare time, and. Always has great insights, and he's again coming to us today from his mobile recording studio. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me, Greg. Okay, so Mark, do you, how would you like to be Speaker of the House? You know, I am so happy that this happened. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Matt Gates fan, but the fact that they held Kevin McCarthy accountable is exactly how government should work. And what just makes my head explode is the liberal media acting like government is shut down every time there's something that doesn't go along with status quo. And I think that is a really bad flaw in our current, um, you know, it's, it's a bad default status quo place to be, is to, is to be upset at anything that disrupts the apple cart. We need the apple cart disrupted because all of these politicians are not listening to us. And you know what? The process is going to be messy. I'm sorry. It's not going to be a coronation like Democrats or the left or just all of these establishment type of people want. They want, oh, it's going to be smooth sailing. No, we need to have a debate. We need to have a discussion. We need to talk about Jim Jordan's merits. We need to talk about other potential candidates merits for number three in line to the president. So um, that's kind of where I stand, Greg. Well, I'm not a great fan of McCarthy and he was kind of just status quo. We'll just keep going like we are. We won't do anything to seriously rock the boat. We won't make a stand for anything. We will not not use our budgetary power to say there will not be a spending bill that does not provide for X, Y, Z, including such, for example, securing the border and uh, stopping Biden's policy of unlimited immigration, Uh, including that they're now actually flying people from the foreign countries. So they don't actually have to be troubled to walk through Mexico. We'll fly them here at taxpayer expense directly to their uh, to their destinations, and usually those destinations are in Republican areas. What are the odds? Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's great. But okay, 
you have this crazy, this crazy system, or at least the, under the rules where you have this very narrow majority, is a small minority of the majority can either fire a speaker or prevent one from being elected. So Gates and seven others out of a roughly, what, 220 or I've, whatever they're up to, some about that number of current reps in the, in the House of Representatives. Right. Is they, they, they file the motion to fire, uh, McCarthy. They vote against him. He doesn't get the majority. He's out. All right. So now the, so the rhinos or moderates, however they want to call themselves, say two can play at that game. And now we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to support a more conservative speaker. So mm-hmm. you're at, you are at an impasse. And as of, as of the news this morning on Thursday is that Jim Jordan is saying, well, maybe we can go and keep the, 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 uh, the temporary guy, Patrick McHenry. We'll just keep him on until January, which of course just it tells the rhinos, the moderates, Keep doing what you're doing. Hold out longer because you're winning. So what Gates did, I mean, again, I'd be happy to have Jim Jordan as speaker instead of Kevin McCarthy. Absolutely. Anytime. That's, that'd be great. But how do you get there? So what they did was they, they, they held a mutiny and threw the captain overboard with no new captain in sight. Mm-hmm. Or what they did was, uh, you know, like Cortez, when he, uh, to give his men additional motivation once they arrived in what's now Mexico, he burnt the ships. So mm-hmm. there was no retreat for them. So there was no retreat for them. And they had, they had, to, and they ulti- that ultimately worked. And with mm-hmm. other allies who didn't like the Aztecs, they conquered the, uh, the Aztec empire. But mm-hmm. you may very well fail at those situations. And so you have the situation where how do you get? And we're a, a, a better speaker. And I, and I don't see how that works, especially since now, if, if the reports are correct, Jordan is caved. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm less concerned about my camp versus your camp, like, or, you know, moderates versus conservatives. I think a lot of these, uh, people need to understand that nothing is personal. Um, and, the tribal uh, mentality uh, um, is not um, ultimately effective. We need to talk about every line item, and that's their job. We need to hold those line items accountable and um, make it so that there's at least compromise, not compromise, but consensus where possible and compromise where consensus is not possible. And that's the thing that I want to see them doing. And I think it's all part of the dance. You will break into camps and then you will go, um, oh, you know, um, get a coalition to block it, to veto the, 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 um, uh, process from moving forward. But, um, but you can't just stay there. And ultimately no one will stay there. And I think Jim Jordan, I don't necessarily think he caved. I think what you need, they need to do is start talking about these issues and use this as an opportunity too to talk to the American people about the issues themselves and why they can't come to agreement on the speaker um, because of, of specific issues. To make it about personalities and to make it about camps and tribal camps, I think is very damaging to the process, but I'm okay 
with it in the beginning, but we need to get out of that. And it's okay to have this in the beginning, but we need to break out of that and start uh, coming to uh, at least a healthy discussion, like I said, consensus where possible and compromise where not, and uh, keep pushing this to have a discussion with the American people and get them involved. And I like to see that more versus a discussion about the personalities and the tribal camps. So that's where I stand on that. Okay, but I think I think the rhinos and the conservatives could talk all day, and they're not going to come. And they're, they're not going to come to consensus. The rhinos will be keep the keep the money flowing to Ukraine. Uh, don't rock the boat. Don't do anything to prevent uh, the 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 open borders and millions of more illegal aliens pouring into the country. Doing nothing to if, if they decide they want to, like some Democrats have said, bring in a million Palestinian so-called refugees. Doing nothing to stop that, and I think they could talk about that all. They could talk about that for the next century, and they wouldn't come to consensus. So it's important. There was a, I forget the guy's name, and, and we we had him speak at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. Uh, Brian Bilbright, former con, former congressman, says it's not enough to be right. We have to be smart. And I don't, I, I questioned it at the time, and it's looking more so that the play of removing McCarthy, again, I'm no fan of McCarthy, I'd much rather have Jim Jordan, was not a smart play because the moderate rhinos can use the same rules that Gates and the other seven did to fire McCarthy to keep them from getting a more conservative speaker. And, of course, it all may be a sham anyways. McCarthy may be orchestrating this behind the scenes. Jim Jordan may even be in on it. And, you know, we tried tell the, we, we tried our best. We just couldn't get to 217 votes. Our only choice is to come is to uh, reelect uh, McCarthy as speaker. And McCarthy says, well, reluctantly, I, you know, since no one else is available, I'll step back in. So... Take nothing, sorry, certainly take nothing, take nothing at face value in politics. Otherwise, why would Jordan at this point cave and say, okay, let's, let's appoint McHenry as speaker for the rest of the year? I don't doubt you, Greg. I, I think your take is actually pretty sane, and that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I, I think so much of it is kabuki theater. Honestly, I don't trust our elected officials. I think anyone that wants to be a politician is probably has some deep seated issues with ethics, <laughs> just in general <laughs> from, you know, not all. There's some good guys, but I just I don't even think the guys that are purporting to be good guys are even really looking for results. I think a lot of them are just positioning. I think a lot of them want to have a brand because, you know, we're a country that loves choices and brands. Right. And then in the end, what are the results? I think overall the body's results do matter, and we're not seeing that. So I'm totally with you. And it's emblematic of is this. It's emblematic that our side is much more divided than the enemy. I don't agree. I don't I, agree with that. Okay. I didn't know because I think the Democrats themselves have deep divisions. RFK Jr. is running for uh in a president as an independent. I mean, you know, you have a Kennedy that's actually breaking away. Granted, he was a black sheep Kennedy, but in the end of the day, um, there is some serious divisions. Marion Williamson's talking about that. The left itself, we're seeing it in California, have ideas 
that are opposing each other and they're not coming together. And a lot of them are falling out of the process, uh, which is an opening for us for the right to win. And that's what I'm seeing also in the polls. So I think it's easier to look at your own family and your own side and be like, oh, we have a lot of divisions. But I think it's just as bad on the other side. And so that, yep. Yeah, they, they certainly have divisions, but at least among the, the members of the uh, members that are elected members, they vote in lockstep, whether it's fear, whether there's, they all agree or there's some combination is they could just every Democrat, if they allowed proxy voting in Congress, every Democrat could give their proxy in the House could give their Dem- the proxy to minority leader Jeffries and in the Senate to majority leader Schumer other than maybe Manchin, maybe one Manchin, and the result would be the same. Uh, and it's certainly not that, I mean, I guess it's to our credit in some ways to say that, that we have some people who will think and act for themselves, but um, it's also you know, a situation here where, where the Republicans, even though they have a majority, are ineffective. And if this continues more, if, if, if they wrap it up in the near future, it'll be a distant memory in 2024. If this continues and happens again and again, multiple times between now and the election, it's going to hurt the Republicans. Could these guys just look like they can't get their act together? I'll give you a I'm with you there. And we'll take a commercial, then we'll take a commercial break. I'm with you there. I, th- I think uh, uh, the optics on this, especially when it drags out, is bad. And that's kind of what I said, what, what, why I said what I did. It's okay to have this in the beginning, but let's get out of this and let's, let's get moving, right? Yes. The once and future speaker, Kevin McCarthy. You heard it here first. I'm, I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it, but I wouldn't bet a lot of money against it either. Oh, I'm with you there. Yeah. It will be let's, Kevin now let's hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. And click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Residence Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. I'm very pleased to have dedicated activist Mark Ang on the show this week. Uh, we're going to shift gears here and it's just a delightful video, but I think there's larger lessons for us in the video. And in this video, a candidate for leader of the Conservative Party in Canada, Pierre Polyev, is being interviewed by some lefty journalists, and you can't see it on the audio clip, but in the video, uh, Polyev is just casually munching an apple 
during the, during this conversation. So let's listen. Um, on the on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, do you mean by certainly, that? you Give certainly you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know this and that. Right wing, they, you know, I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. About, I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of don't pe- really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump. Uh, well, book. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. how, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the point of this the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given you know not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms, that. in terms of ter- turning things quite dramatically in terms of of Trudeau and and the left wing and all of this. I mean, you 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 make quite a you know it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm I'm not sure. I don't under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Okay, then forget that. Why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Common sense. Okay. Common sense for for a change. We're going to make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. You know, the guy prints six hundred billion dollars, grows our money supply by thirty two percent in three years. That's growing the money eight times faster than the economy. No wonder we have the worst defla- inflation in four decades. I'm going to cap spending, cut waste, so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. You want to be able to afford rent. Then you have to vote for Pierre Polyev because I'm the only one with a common sense plan that will bring back the buying power of your paycheck. I mean, that's he should be he should be giving classes to um, politicians on on uh, on the, on the right or conservatives uh, everywhere in the world. He's, I mean, he swatted that guy away left and right, just like um, a martial arts expert deflecting all the, the punches coming his way, and then finally delivers the uh, knockout punch there at the end. That was just spectacular. And it shows is never accept their language, never accept their premises. And there's, the I think, the larger lesson for all of us is when you, if you're debating liberal uncle at the dinner table, if you're on Facebook, if you're a politician running for office, whatever it is, never accept their facts, never accept their premises, never accept their ideas as true. Always dispute where they should be disputed. I I just love that clip. Thanks for sharing that. You know, it really goes to show, um, I mean, Canada has just been this like left wing. That's been the normal and for this guy to come out and basically give that contrast, especially at a time after with hyperinflation and, and you know, re- like he said, real life problems, I think the timing may just be right for this guy. But I really like what you said, too. You know, it's it, a lot of our American politicians on the right, I hate to say it, they're weak. They just, you know, ac- have accepted the premises and are functional liberals. 
Yes. A lot of the politicians, politicians are basically grifting and living off, you know, being a politician, which is not what our government intended. Uh, you know, like you said, the most important office is that of the private sector, a private citizen. Um, a lot of them have nothing going for them except being politicians. You know, locally, we have candidates that keep running with no chance of winning here and that live off, you know, campaign contributions. It's really sick. And I think ultimately we need to um, break away from all of this, um, you know, all of this really uh, um, liberal mentality. It's not even liberal anymore. It's just leftist entitlement that has permeated the right. And this from a Canadian is so refreshing. And I want to see more of this. Absolutely. And hopefully he will be the elected as the conservative party leader and, uh, mm-hmm. will, will, will carry the day in Canada. Cause like, and we'll talk about this mm-hmm. a little bit later, yeah, where the number one issue really, I, th- I think is whether our countries will continue as free countries or not. And Absolutely. The, the new world Democrats, order is yes, threatening. If Democrats yeah. win. They get majorities in House and Senate. For four more mm-hmm. years. I don't think, I don't think we will be a free country. Um, at the end of that, I mean, there'll be a nominal democracy. They'll still have voting. They have voting in communist China and they had voting in Nazi Germany. They had voting in the yeah. Soviet Union. It didn't mean mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. They, they had, yeah and- the Soviets had a great constitution about protecting the freedoms of the people. They had a great constitution. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course, it was, was, still, it still, like, it was still a communist dictatorship. That's that. That's the question. Was it adhered to? And, you know, um, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up about that clip is the constant uh, dragging in of Donald Trump. Like, what is it with the left that's so damn obsessed with a guy as if he has any power right now? He's not he's a private citizen that they're they're trying to, like, go after in a witch hunt. And for Canadians to even talk about that, it's not relevant. And I just love how he batted him down. And basically said, that's not relevant. And I don't believe in the left or right wing ideology. And it's really not about left and right anymore. It's about common sense and no common sense. You know, uh, Donald Trump brought together a coalition of common sense Democrats that joined Republicans. And you actually have a coalition of of rhino Republicans like Liz Cheney getting together with Democrats who are about fooling the everyday people and consolidating power amongst the elite. So really the lines are not left and right anymore. It, and and I hate the word populist too, because that, that misconstrues things. Like when he defined it as emotional, uh, yeah, we're going to have some emotions when our rights are trampled on. Right. So these are the type of things that, that you can hear the media and just how disingenuous they are in the questions they ask. It was so disgusting to hear that interviewer, but he handled it like a champ. He did. And there's a broader, it's not just an, in a one-on-one exchange. You don't accept their, what their policies, their views, their ideas, but that we don't accept what's going on as the new normal. Um, writing recently, Victor Davis Hanson said, we're reaching the point where the once unbelievable has become the banal, commonplace, trite, boring. Um, and Tucker talked about this in a little bit different way. Some, this back when we still had his show on, on Fox is that the most important thing to keep in mind in a period of intense change is that things are in fact changing. Things weren't always 
this way. So memory, history is your mm-hmm. best defense against manipulation. So it does, we don't have to have cities where crime is rampant, criminals are unpunished, and, uh, and, uh, the vagrants are taking a, taking a dump on the city, on the uh, street in front of your house. We don't have, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, and we shouldn't accept that. Greg, LA County is normalizing it. That's now normal to have RVs home, um, blowing up in the San Fernando Valley. It's normal to have uh, mobs of 50 masked people go into a mall and steal stuff. I mean, that is now being normalized here in, at least in LA County. Um, and that's, uh, that's scary. And a lot of people are going to grow up with, um, only that memory of that being normal. And that's the sad part. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. We've always, we've always just throw, scattered absentee ballots to the wind and mailed them out to the bloated voter list, which that we know are highly inaccurate and people get multiple ballots. And, uh, it's always been that way. So that, that, so that, that just becomes the new normal, even though, um, European countries, at least to their credit, value election integrity and severely restrict any any vote by mail to like deployed military or other people that really really can't vote in person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So this the larger concept is we don't have to accept things the way they are, and that's all we have time for this half. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio AM five ninety. The answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And if you want to keep those things... You want to keep your freedom. You want to keep the republic. Um, we all need to step it up to uh, because what we're doing is not sufficient because we're losing the country, we're losing our freedom, and we're losing the republic. <clears throat> and one of the ways in which the enemy, uh, the Democrat Party and its minions, are doing this is through uh, the wide open border and unlimited immigration, <clears throat> which is bad enough. Now, separate issue is. We just saw what would happen in Israel, and given the open border, we have to assume that Hamas, Hezbollah, Chinese special forces, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard have all established uh, sleeper cells in our country ready to strike on on command. Those entities would be stupid if they didn't take advantage of our open border, and they may be evil, but uh, they are not stupid. But the larger issue is the transformation of the country and stacking the voting deck. And Tucker had a great uh, segment on October 12, but we're going to play. I'm not going to so much delve into that specifically, but the last part of it, he was talking to Dominik Tarzinski from Poland, and it's about a, three, it's about a little less than three-minute clip, but I think some real important lessons in it. Let's take a listen. We were attacked on 1st of September 1939 by Germany. Yeah. That's how the war started. Then 16 days later, on 17th, the same month, Russians attacked. And we were occupied after the war for 70 years by the Soviets. So we had to, once we freed our nation from the communism, 
we knew what the freedom is. We understood much better than others what it means to give up your freedom, to give up your land, to give up your culture. And now we are so homogenic society. We love it. We love our culture. We love our language. We love our food. We, we love our family values. We love everything what is about Poland because this is our land. No one is taking it from us anymore and no one will ever take anything from that. That's why we don't want any Wahhabis in Poland. There will not be land. In. We don't want any jihadists. We don't want any Hamas supporters in 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 Poland or Hamas members. We know they're going to try to move along, move uh, throughout the world. So, as I said previously, and I keep repeating for 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 years, not even one will come to Poland ever. I'm going to join you in Warsaw for dinner at some point. I can't control myself. La Please last question. Well, I'm, go I'm going food. to. I'm going to. So last question. What advice would you... So in the United States, I know you're familiar with our system, but we have the Democratic Party effectively in charge of sure, the government, right. but also mm -hmm. industry runs our economy, uh, unfortunately. And then we have this thing called the Republican Party, which is elected to push back and kind of keep them from going totally insane. They haven't done that because they're cowards. That's my view. What advice would you give Republican lawmakers now, a year out from an election, on this question of immigration? Be brave or you will not exist. Be yeah. brave. Believe in what you think. Believe in your values. Believe in family. Don't talk about it. Do it. As I said, President Trump built the wall. Poland built the wall. We are safe. It's, it's so simple. You have to believe in yourself and be strong. This is war. This is not a joke. This is war. Actually, what is happening at the border is a hybrid war. And, other, and, and the war needs soldiers. So behave like a man, be a soldier, be responsible, and fight. Then you have a chance to win. Dominic Turchinski, that was an inspiring conversation, and I'm, I'm, just gr I'm grateful that you joined us today. Thank you so much. I will see you Thank again. you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. What? So I think following on to our earlier discussion about uh, not accepting the enemy's premises, ideas, policies, or their new normal, is the, the flip side of that is belief in our principles, our ideas, our country. And in Poland's case, what he talked about is they were under occupation for 70 years. And, even, and before that, uh, from the end of the Napoleonic Wars, until, which is in roughly 1815, until the end of World War I in 1919, their country ceased to exist. It was, it was taken in. It was part of Russia. But they, they, their, their country survived because their culture survived. They continued to, they spoke Polish. They believed, they're Roman Catholic and they believed in their, that they were a separate people, a separate nation. So when the opportunity came in, in play, whether it was in 1919 or again after the fall of the Soviet Union, their nation came, sprang back into existence because of that. And that's why what's happening with immigration and what's happening in the universities and the government-run schools is taking away our belief in our country and our civilization. And so that a nation that doesn't believe in itself isn't going to isn't going to continue to exist. Uh, yeah, I, Marx. I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Karl Marx said, <clears throat> "A people without a heritage are easily persuaded," and that's what's going on here in our country.
Oh, you're getting to the core of the issue here, Greg. I mean, I know growing up, hearing the messages from the left was constantly saying stuff like America doesn't have a culture. This defeatist uh, campaign of sorts has been going on for uh, at least 30 years. Um, I think that the left got this idea, this hairball of an idea that for some reason, Americans don't have a culture and has been infecting that into the youth. And now you have the youth grown up thinking America is second rate. But unfortunately uh, for them, there is this patriot uprising that says, yeah, we, we, we love our flag. We love our culture. We love the uniqueness of America, especially middle America where you can have freedom. And the left doesn't understand freedom because when they're in these cities and these urban areas, all they can, all they deal with is no, no, no all the time. And people grow up with that. So I'm a big proponent of rural lifestyles. I'm a pro- proponent of seeing all that America has to offer and being a proud, um, proud of, you know, what we were able to create in this country that's different from all other countries and the history of the world. So that I think that positive message is what Republicans and the right need to communicate in less cliche ways. I think we can all be like, yeah, we love the flag, but, you know, communicate what exactly um, the outcomes of a of nation with freedom and choices can do for people to create creativity, entrepreneurship, innovation. America has been able to create that in a way that other countries have not. So I think that Republicans need to start talking more articulately about why America truly is great. Um, and part of their inability to communicate that in a non-cliche way has hurt our overall appreciation of our culture. You can hear that guy in the clip was speaking so proud of Poland and what their heritage is. And that should be an inspiration as we look at other countries that are proud of who they are and what they've been able to achieve because every country is unique. Every country, every culture is unique. Let's celebrate that versus all of this defeatist negative language here in America. But, and and it starts with the schools. The schools have really pushed a lot of this negative messaging. And we've talked about this many times before, Greg, but that's, um, it starts with teachers and young impressionable, impressionable minds. Mao's cultural revolution in China was all about that turning kids against their parents and turning kids against tradition and what has worked for centuries and trying to teach them something new and that is headed for failure so that the government can control the population. And that we know we can see it, but we need to communicate that better to others. It's not just better. We certainly should be be better and more persuasive. But with passion and conviction is that we have the superior ideas morally and practically for how to govern and how to organize society. And we should approach 
politics and we should approach debate, we should approach discussion with that certainty and confidence in our ideas and principles. And the second point is, is schools and universities, I think, are just gone, is what we need to is we need our own alternatives. We're not, instead of taking over CBS News again, we build our own, we build our own information services. Instead of the government-run schools and trying to take the government-run schools back, we need to build our own, or you need to homeschool. And we just had a, a program we put on at our church this past, this last Saturday, in which we had, a, we had a panel of homeschooling moms, about 10 of them. And they all had different experiences, including, you know, some of them were, they were, some of them had a stay-at-home mom with a husband that supported them. Others, they're, they're, they had, there was no husband or father on the scene, and they had to both make the money and take care of the children, but they were able to do that. College is the same way. College is ripe for competition. They're vastly overpriced. They're turning out poor quality education. They're dumbing down the college students the way the the uh, K-12s have been dumbed down and indoctrinating them. So you're, you're coming out with a hundreds of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt with no useful job skills and really no good and no understanding of the, of the world. And mm-hmm. it's, it is ripe for competition. Uh, Sean Flynn is a friend, is a friend of mine, is a professor at the Claremont Colleges, known for Congress back in, uh, in 20? It was 20. 2018, I believe. 20, it was 2018. And guess what percentage of the fifth, like it was, it was then $57,000, $58,000 and this some years ago of tuition that the students there pay. What percentage of that goes to faculty salary? No clue. Fifteen one five percent. The administrators are making a killing, and they're all part of the dem- the democratic political machine, and right. that's really what's uh, what's going on. Administrators, even down to the high school and elementary school levels, these days. Yeah, that's true. But the point is, if if fifteen percent is going to the faculty, there's a lot. There is a lot of waste and deadwood that could be cut away if you made a new. Replacement for the university that you can mm-hmm. deliver better quality education at a much, much lower cost than what the current universities are doing. So that's part of, that's part of what the strategy is. Last thought, and then we'll take a commercial break. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, um, the, the problem is when we start a lot of these, um, independent efforts outside the major institutions, uh, it takes a while for that all to coalesce and start working together to create medium-sized institutions. And that will take, uh, that takes some time. So let's be patient with it. Let's support indies. Let's support mom and pops. Let's really take the money away from feeding these big institutions and machines that are completely out of touch with common sense, out of touch with the needs of the average person. And I guess you can call that populism, but I believe that that is the solution. We are stronger when we are a collective of strong uh, value packed smaller institutions that work together but that is the problem in the right the inability to work together with others first um it, it hurts us in the big picture but you know work in progress i stay optimistic and let's uh take the money and take the lifeline away from the bigger institutions that take us for granted and actually push values antithetical to the average person. 
We'll be with Aaron and see again here from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage. And we also have an additional sponsor for this second half, Gregory W. Britton, attorney at law. Um, three's pretty good. Uh, That's you. <laughs> really? Yes, it is. Uh, back, <laughs> back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher. And credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget. Not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Very pleased this week to be joined by Mark Ang, activist extraordinaire. And um, he's up in the high desert now uh, doing farming. I'm not sure what he's, what he's farming up there, but uh, we will leave that for another day. <laughs> uh, there was a recent Rasmussen poll. Uh, uh, very interesting. It says, a police, here's the question. A police state is a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents. Sound familiar at all? My my commentary. Um, How concerned are you that America is becoming a police state? All voters, all voters, 72%. Republicans, 76%. Independents, 72%. Democrats, 67%. It's funny because I think that's kind of a general question, Greg, and everyone can have different interpretations of how that question's worded because um, Democrats will be like, oh, the police state is our local PD, right? And, you know, Republicans will see probably uh, more of our government, uh, you know, any government, any level of government that's encroaching on our freedoms for enterprise and things like that. So I think yes, it's kind but. of loaded. Yes, but let's go back, go back and remember what he, that Rasmussen gave a definition in the, in the, in the poll question. A police state is a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents. So that's, that is, now, you never know how someone's going to interpret it, but that suggests that's not just your local police that you might think are heavy-handed or engaging in some kind of biased policing. That's much more targeted at, at, a, at, a, at a national level. And you still got, right. and, and you got those numbers. And related to that, I do want to take this opportunity, is Dinesh D'Souza is coming out with a movie called Police State. And you can, you can get your, it's only, it's only two nights, uh, on the 23rd and the 25th of October in the theaters. And you can get, and you can go to, you can get your tickets at police state 
dot net. And I think it's important that we support our alternative film and and media such as uh, Dinesh D'Souza. But also, I think this is a very important issue, and I think it's potentially a winning issue in 2024. And I talked about it in the first half. Is really the question, I mean, I think the number one question before the body politic in 2024 is, are we going to continue as a free country? And this poll suggests that there is considerable concern out there in the body politic about this. And you look at somebody, for example, Tulsi Gabbard, left the Democrat Party. And uh, one, of her pri- one of her primary concerns is, two primary concerns, one is stopping these disastrous, endless, pointless foreign wars that make, or, that make things worse for America and usually make things worse for the people where the, f- the wars are being fought. And two, keeping our freedom. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's a lot of traction to be gained here um, by running. That I agree with, Greg. This is, this is an issue. I mean, you look, you look for these things. That can, how can I peel off some Democrat voters, people that would otherwise vote for the Democrat? And maybe there they, honestly they, needs to be ahead. a paradigm shift. I'm sorry, Greg. You know, you know, uh, real quick, though, and you can go back to your point is the, the fact is Democrats see Donald Trump as being the, sur- you know, the surveillance, the stripping away of freedoms. They have very messed up priorities. It's a different thing. And abortion has been used as that, you know, because for some reason they love killing babies. OK, but whatever. But that definition, I can see why Democrats, 67 percent of them agreed on. It. But the, the, I do agree with your underlying point that this is very important and we need to have Tulsi, a former Democrat, um, now independent to be uh, spokespeople to talk about this because freedom is ultimately what, what's going to win it for us. I think I think maybe not just that, but I think that's an important issue that can peel out that we can attract voters that might not otherwise agree. OK, maybe we different disagree on gun control. Maybe we disagree on, you know, on abortion. But boy, yeah, I, sh- I sure I want to live in a free country, and I want my children and grandchildren to live in a free country. Um, another Rasmussen poll is in next year's presidential election. How likely are you to vote for former President Donald Trump? These are Democrats. Democrats, very likely twenty-one percent. Somewhat likely six <laughs> percent. Now. Same now in a related poll, Republicans. The are you are you likely to vote for Donald Trump? Not very nine percent, and not at all fifteen percent. So he's going to lose. He may lose some Republicans, but um, pick up as many or more Democrats. So this is this this could be a real interesting year. And so respond to that, and then I'm going to talk about who should be Donald Trump's. Vice presidential nominee. I think in a lot of uh, the country, we have uh, rising gas prices. And I know in California, we've had to deal with six dollar uh, gallon gas and a lot of it, um, you know, and in other states like Texas, it's up to like three fifty uh, places where usually it's dirt cheap because of domestic drilling. And, you know, the Rust Belt certainly filling it with a lack of jobs and hyperinflation. All of these things are contributing to a lot of uh, common sense Democrats, not necessarily like partisan Democrats, but people that are Democrats, maybe by heritage, like in the South and the Midwest. Um, so that portion is 
always going to move over and be more right leaning. Uh, you know, and so I, I'm not surprised by those numbers. I, I want to see more Democrats come to the fold, though, because they're, you know, so many of them are brainwashed and and focus too much on issues like abortion. And many, many times it doesn't even affect them. They have this like idea that the U.S. wants to invade their body. But, you know, honestly, it's the right of that child that's 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 now a separate uh, a being from you. You know, it, it's it, all of these things really, um, there needs to be a paradigm shift, like I said, but it's hopeful to see these numbers. Um, and Rasmussen generally has been accurate. Sometimes it hasn't. I, I really, I, I sometimes question some of their methods, especially in this day and age, but it's hopeful and I'll take any shard of hope I can get. Yes. So person who should be Donald Trump's vice presidential nominee is the aforementioned Tulsi Gabbard. Others have been mentioned, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Christy Nome, governor of, governor of uh, North or South Dakota. And, and these people might be okay. They're not, or Carrie Lake, they're not going to add anything. Tulsi Agreed. Gabbard would add as the former Democrat, now independent in what it means is that freedom loving Americans you know, of all, of all persuasions, Republican, independent, Democrat, unite. You may disagree on a lot of things, and that's fine. That's a, that's a, that's the nature of a free country. But we want to save our country, our freedom, and our republic. And right. I, I think I think that she, I think she would. I think she would. Usually, vice presidents have very little effect. Have very little effect on the outcome of the election. But I think in that case could make a real huge difference, not huge, but even, even 5%, uh, even 5% I, I could be, could I be crucial. You're too stuck on the personalities. And, and yeah. I mean, she was asked about this because, because Gutfeld brought it up and she says, well, I'd be, I'd be happy to have the conversation with, with Donald Trump. She wants the job. In other words, AKA she wants the job. Last word. I think that that the personalities aspect of VP picks is very, very overrated. I think anyone will do, to be honest, and as long as it's not Mike Pence. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think ultimately Trump is a life size, greater, larger than life size personality, and it's going to be judged. People are going to vote based on Trump and not the VP pick. But. I would love to see an independent or a Democrat picked, um, you know, a common sense Democrat obviously picked as a, a pick that would be unconventional and very much on brand for Trump. And I would welcome that. So, yeah, great discussion. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, Mark, for being on the show and everything you do for the cause of saving our country, freedom, and republic. And as always, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.